have something. All right? Amen. But we are so very glad you are here this morning. Those that uh, are our first-time guests, so very glad that you are here this morning. Hallelujah. And uh, how many campers we got back? All right? Good reports. Are you excited? Did you get excited at camp? Well, that's pretty, uh, boy, that's pretty lame. Did anybody get excited while you were at camp? Did God touch you and bless you? Uh, it's still pretty lame. Amen. But we are very thankful for our young people that had the opportunity and the parents that allowed them and financed them to go. And uh, thankful for our young adults that chaperoned and got them to and from, amen, safely. I asked Sister Alicia if there was any broken bones or bloody noses, and she said no. So everything turned out well. Or who did? Somebody got the Holy Ghost for the first time? Hallelujah. All right. Amen. All right, we are uh, going to call your attention to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 18, verse 41, and then James 5, 17 and 18, and then Zechariah 10 and 1. Amen. Brother Ali, thank you for that good lesson this morning. I was reminded before we get into our message here this morning. Yesterday I was reminded of how, who, how precious and how uh, quickly things can change in life. I uh, was riding my bike along the river. I was going under the Blue Bridge and there was just, boy, there was a lot of people gathered around there and I figured something was up, and so I stopped and just started making conversation. And um, the family of a man that had went fishing that morning or during the night, he went fishing, and there was some kind of a, uh, a boating accident or something, and there was a man that was drowning in the river, and this fisherman jumped in and saved him, but for whatever reason, we don't know exactly what happened, but he died in the process. And uh, as I was talking to his wife and daughter and relatives around there, I simply, uh, we, we prayed with them and... Uh, and just uh, tried to give them uh, some words of encouragement. But you don't know how quickly life can change. I mean, we do, but we certainly don't expect it to happen on our own life. But the Bible is very, very, very um, forthcoming in that way. It just simply says that life is like a vapor. It comes... And it goes. Amen. So that's why we always, you're, you're 
are first and foremost, you're here in service today. Our entire, we are here today, we are here today to try to encourage people to make sure that their heart is right for God, with God. How many of you believe that? That's why we're here. We are to encourage one another, amen, to help one another and to let people know that there is a great hope for the church, amen. And that is not just in this life, but there's a life coming, amen. It's called eternal life, hallelujah. So uh, anyway, here we go, 1 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 41 and Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. James 5, 17 and 18. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words, he was just normal human person. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it did not rain for the space of three and a half years. Verse number 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. Zechariah 10 and 1 says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Amen. And we'd like to talk to you this morning on this thought, simply let it rain. Let it rain. Would you lift your heart one more time to the Lord here? I'm going to ask Brother Jonathan if he would be so kind as to lead us in prayer. The Lord wants to bless each and every one of us. That scripture that we read to you from Zechariah, notice what it says, that the Lord will send rain on every single piece, blade of grass. Everyone gets watered. That's the blessing of God. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. You and I are the only one that can open up and allow that to happen. Your neighbor can't, your wife can't, your children can't. They can bless you, but when it comes to God, it's an individual thing. Brother Jonathan, would you pray? How many of you want a blessing of the Lord today? All right, Brother Jonathan. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The first rain brought judgment and destruction in the flood. We all know that. Had never rained before. That's why they thought Noah was a little bit 
beside himself because he was telling people that he was going to build a boat, and unless they got on the boat, we all know that story, and they said, well, why? Noah says, well, because it's going to rain. But it's never rained before. Never rained before. So, you know, when something has never happened before, it's hard to convince people that it is really going to happen. I'm sure the Wright brothers had a hard time persuading people that, in fact, they were going to build an object that would leave the ground and fly. Amen. Or nobody believed John F. Kennedy when he said, by the end of the decade, we will put a man on the moon. Nobody would believe that. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. The rapture of the church will precede his literal second coming. But the Bible says that he is coming and we will meet him in the clouds. Now, that is something that is hard to sell because it has never happened before. But it is going to happen. It is going to happen. But after the flood, God turned rain into a blessing. He turned it into a blessing. Leviticus 26 reads like this. The Lord said, after he had called Israel and uh, uh, made was making a nation, or in other words, making a separate people, uh, from them, he said this, he said, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, you shall eat bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. God has always wanted, His intention has always been to give you and I an abundant life. An abundant life. That means one that is overflowing. That doesn't mean one that is half filled. That means one that is flowing and overflowing. How many of you believe that? Come on. That's what he wants to do. He said, and if you will, if you will follow my word, my guidance, he says, I will do my end of it, and that is that I will provide the rain to make the ground fertile in order to produce the crops that you need. And those crops will overflow. You will never have to worry about a shortage. Anybody ever lived on welfare? As a kid growing up, I tell you some of the foods that were provided to us back in the early 60s. Wasn't powdered milk? Y'all never been there. And Deuteronomy 11 says, he goes on, he says, if you keep my commandments, 
I will prolong your days in the land that I promised, and that land will flow with milk and honey. And he says, if you love the Lord your God and serve him with all of your heart and all of your soul, I promise I will give you the rain for your land in due season. I will give you the first rain, and then I will give you the latter rain so that you can gather in your corn, your wine, and your oil. God has always meant for his people to be a blessed people. There is no, there is no spiritual welfare in the plan of God. Never. Some of you don't believe that. God is rich. He is an abundant God. He is not interested in you and me. He, listen, we are the espoused bride of Christ, are we not? We, we, are the, we are engaged to him. Now, if you and I have the thinking cap on that somehow that he is going to treat his espoused bride in a state of welfare, you got the wrong, you are serving or your mindset is wrong when it comes to God. God wants to bless his espoused bride. He loves her. He's engaged to her. He is preparing a place for her. Man, that's weak. You don't believe that? I'm, listen, you, we are engaged to the God of the universe. And he's preparing a place so that where he is, there we will be also. See, I believe that. Deuteronomy 32 says, Skies, listen, and I will speak. Earth, hear the words of my mouth. My teachings, or my word, will come like the rain like a mist falling to the ground, like a gentle rain on the soft grass, like rain on the green plants. Ezekiel 34 reads like this. He says, I will make Jerusalem a blessing, and I will make showers come down in their season. There will be an abundant shower of blessing for Jerusalem and I think we could probably change that around a little bit because Jesus said, if you believe on me the way the scriptures or my word tells you to believe, that you will overflow out of your very gut will come rivers of living water. In other words, he says, I'm going to bless my people. I will bless my people. I'm going to bless my people. My people will be an abundant. Hosea 6 and 1 says, Come, let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn. Anybody feel a little torn this morning? He will heal us. He has wounded us but he will bind us up. Anybody wounded this morning? By his stripes. 
by his stripes you are, he was wounded for you and I, our transgressions, our hurts, our shame, our guilt. Anybody wounded? Anybody been wounded and recovered? How about, has anybody been wounded and you're recovered this morning? Why don't you just raise your hand and give a witness for God? He said, he will heal us. Anybody ever been healed? Anybody ever been healed? He said, he has smitten, but he will bind us up. Anybody ever been corrected? And then he goes on to say, after two days, he will revive us. And in the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Oh, wait a minute. There's more. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. If we follow on. Come on. Anybody ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? Then you have been revived. Anybody ever had their sins washed away? Then you have been forgiven. Anybody ever had your shame and your guilt taken away? I'm here to tell you that it's the blessing of God. He says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Anybody need a blessing from God? Anybody need a blessing from the Lord? I'm here to tell you that he wants to bless you. He wants to pour out his spirit upon you. His promise to Israel, Job 2.23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. You know, there's a scripture that says that that the group that is born in Zion, that would be you and me. He says, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Does anybody have a reason to rejoice this morning? I'm just asking. I'm just wondering. Anybody have a, do you feel like giving God praise this morning simply because that he's worthy of your praise? We're in church. This is what we do. He says, be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God. Somewhere along the line, somebody said that it was written, the joy of the Lord. The, really? You want to be strong? Is that, is that, come on. It, he said, rejoice in the Lord your God for, why would we rejoice? For he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain, and the first month. 
And when that happens, your floors will be full of wheat. Your vats will overflow with wind and, or with wine and oil. He's saying, if you want something from me, I will not just give you the former rain. I'll give you the latter rain. I'll drench your soul. I'll give you something that you will not be able to contain. He wants you to be rejoicing in him. Now you are looking at an individual that used to think that I could get a little happy, but in doing so, I would have to fill this body with drugs and alcohol and then go see somebody like the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin or The Who. And I thought that I was getting a little bit of joy in my life. You know what? That was a dead end road. There were too many dead ends on it. There were too many circles that just went around and around. But I'm here to remind myself this morning that when I gave my life to God and when He forgave me of my sins and when He filled me with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is joy and peace and righteousness. When I found out that there was a joy that I could have, that I didn't have to destroy myself in doing it. You know, the problem is I think sometimes we're satisfied with just the first infilling of the Holy Ghost or we're satisfied with just God blessing us on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have to have the blessing of God in my life every day. I... I don't want to be barren. I don't want to be dried up. And he says this, listen. And I will restore to you the years that the locust and worm has eaten from you. There were about 21 years of my life that I felt like they had been eaten away before I... God saved me. But I cannot, I can, I can try to explain to you how that I believe that God has condensed about 150 years into my short 40 years of living for him. He has, he has absolutely, he has pressed it into, he has compounded everything that the devil tried to take from me. My God, who is an abundant God and wishes to bless his people, he has blessed me and poured out his spirit upon me. I know. Some of you would have to hear a little bit of more of my story to understand that. Listen, how many of you have been blessed, been blessed of God? I don't know where you come from. I know where some of you come from. 
I'm here to remind you, you, you're not just sitting here this morning because you're some good-looking guy or some good-looking gal. No, sir, you are here because God has orchestrated, he has, de- he has determined that you are to be one of his daughters and one of his sons, and he wants to bless you. He wants to remind you that you are in this world, but you are not of this world. There's a better place that's coming. Some of us might be here this morning, and you feel like that that you have been cheated. You have been... There's some things that have been taken away from you. God will restore. He will restore anything that the adversary has taken away. I want you to know that God is in the restoring. He is in rebuilding. He is in reviving. Then he goes on to say this, and this is what we love, right? Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Rain revitalizes barren ground, causes the ground to become fertile, and the Holy Ghost... When Joel got through talking about the restoration of Israel in the latter days, he says, and furthermore, there's a group of people that God is going to bless. It's called the church. He says, and in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit. I will let it rain upon my people. They will be blessed above and beyond anything that the world will have to offer them. Elijah was a man just like the rest of us. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, the earth brought forth her fruit. Here's where it starts, though. 1 Kings 17, 1. First time we ever hear of this man, Elijah. Comes out of nowhere. Says, Elijah said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Pretty bold statement, don't you think? You better, you better make sure that you're hearing from God before you make such a statement. That's all I'm saying. This was, oh, by the way, this was the king, the king of Israel. It should be like stepping up to Uncle Joe and say, hey, Uncle Joe, I want to tell you something. No rain, Elijah said, no rain, no rain. And he goes on his way. And they were singing a chorus here earlier. One of our favorite scriptures, of course, of all time. Second Chronicles seven thirteen. This is after God answered by fire at the dedication of the temple. And 
he accepted Solomon's prayer. And the word came back and he said, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. You, you have a lack of water in your life today? You have a lack of a blessing of God in your life today? He promised that if the rain, if the, if the spout is turned off, there's a reason. He says, if my people, he says, if heaven is shut up, he said, if you will call out my name, humble yourself and pray, seek my face, oh, wait a minute, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Do we need a healing in our land this morning? Do we need forgiveness in the land this morning? And Elijah went on his way. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go show yourself to Ahab. And I will send rain upon the earth. First time Elijah meets him, he says, Ahab, no rain. God says, Elijah, go show yourself again to him. Go show yourself to him. And I will send rain upon the earth. You see, Elijah believed it. You know, you have to believe it before it happens. You got to believe. How many, of, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? You got to believe it got to believe it. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of the Lord. You got you to believe it. Ahab, or Elijah, go show yourself to Ahab and I will bring the rain. Now, that was not an easy meeting the second time around. You understand, is it no matter what the world tries to mold us and shape us and try to get our brains into thinking that there's a better way than this way? Elijah, you just go show yourself to King Ahab and I'll bring the rain. You understand, is the church has just got to be the church. We just got to believe what the book says 
and we got to show ourselves to the world. And then when they ask why we're here, we tell them because it is going to rain. Because Jesus is going to come back again. And one of these days, those graves will open up. Show yourself, Elijah. Recently, we've heard about a, you know, a few people moving to Idaho. I would imagine they'll build walls and a fortress and gather the ammo and have enough food and water to last them a while. No. You're to show yourself. You're to be a witness. I read a book recently and it, it brought out the point. We, the Bible says we're ambassadors for Christ, doesn't it? When things get really, really dangerous in a country, then other countries recall their ambassadors. They said, hey, Jesus has not recalled his ambassadors yet. He's not pulling us out of the world. He's putting us into the world, not to be like the world, but to pull them out of the world. He said, show yourself. Go before the king. Don't worry about it. Show up. Sometimes that's all we got to do. Sometimes that's all you got to do is just show up. And God orchestrates and gives you direction. I can't tell you the number of times that I have casually, coincidentally, just ran into people. Believe it. You got to believe it before it happens. How many believe that there is a gigantic harvest? How many of you believe that we got to wait four months? How many of you believe that God's got a blessing for your life? How many of you believe that you got to wait four months to get it? You got to believe it. You got to believe even for it to happen. You do your part, Elijah. What does Elijah do? We know the story. He goes up on Mount Carmel and he builds an altar. Then he challenges everybody around him. He says, hey, the God that answers by fire, that's the one I serve. That's the one I serve. We know the story, fire fell. The fire fell before the rain came. It's, this thing's got, it's got to burn in your heart. It's got to, you got to catch on fire. This thing's got, there's, there's a few people, and I, I won't call your names out here this morning, but there are some people that have caught fire. The message is burning. They are going where they should be going and delivering the message. It burns. You got to remember that story. 
on the road to Emmaus. When they got close, when they got close, they said, boy, did not our hearts burn within us because they were close to him. There may be somebody that's living. Maybe you're in a season of barrenness this morning. Build an altar. Fill the fire of truth. Believe it. Believe it. When he says, I will, I will bless you. I will send rain into your life. I will give you an abundant life. Then, what happens? He says, Ahab, you need to prepare yourself. Go eat and drink because... I hear, he says, I hear a sprinkling. I hear a couple of raindrops. No, no, he says, I hear. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm here to tell you and myself here this morning that the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, he, he is so, he has so much resources. Where can you go that he's not there, the Bible says. Climb as high as you want, he's there. Go, go deep sea diving, he's going to be there. Elijah says, I hear something. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. What does Elijah do? He goes right back to the top of Mount Carmel, the place where he built his altar, the place that he knew that God had answered him before. Come on, folks. Did not God answer you when you first came to an altar of repentance? Did he not answer you? Did he not answer you when you built an altar and fire came out of heaven and filled you with the Holy Ghost? Dude, did he not answer you then? Elijah says, I'm going right back to the place where I built that altar and God answered me. Maybe some of our challenges is that we've never built an altar where we, were, where we were absolutely set on fire with God. He went right back to that place. The Bible said he'd already sent Ahab on his way. The Bible says he cast himself on the ground, put his face to the ground, and he began to pray. you got to believe it's strong enough to pray for it. Hello? You want revival in your life? You got to believe it and then you got to pray for it. You got to say, God, I want more of you. I want revival in my life, God. I don't want just a sprinkling. 
I want you to pour out your spirit upon me in a way that it will overflow. Half a cup doesn't work. Weak coffee doesn't work for me. <laughs> I got to have three shots of espresso in the morning and then a cup of coffee. You understand? Some people are, some people are okay with just believing it and enjoying the worship. You know? They, I like to call them, they're, they're time clock Christians. They punch in, they punch out. They get blessed and that's good enough for them, right? No, 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 no. You understand, Jesus is going to take this world and turn it upside down here. We are living in a time period that there has never been anything like it. You are, we are on the very, we are on the cliff, if you will, of possibly entering into a cashless society. You say, no, that's all, that's hogwash. I don't know. You think so? Global power? Oh, that could never happen. Oh, well, they did lock you down here not too long ago. Who would have ever thought that could happen? Lock you in your house, tell you you cannot come out. Whoa, that's some pretty serious stuff, don't you think? You got to believe it's strong. Do you know that Daniel, he read about, he read about that there were that Israel was only going to be in Babylon for 70 years. He read it, he believed it, and then you know what he did? He prayed for it. Even though it was already written, the Bible says that Daniel prayed until it happened. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. And the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone. Every grass in the field. Elijah is praying. He's hearing it. He's praying about it. He sends a servant. He says, go up, now look toward the sea. We know the story. He went up, he looked, he came back and... Nothing. Go again. Go again. Go again. Go again. Go again. I can't tell you how many Bible studies that Sister Kathleen and I have taught down through the years. A lot of them. 
I don't think I would exaggerate when I say 100. How many times was I turned away? A lot. He says, go. Go look to the sea. You know what the sea is all about? The sea is about souls. He says, you go and look. Nothing. Go again, nothing. Go again, nothing. Go again, nothing. Go again, nothing. The seventh time he comes. Elijah, Elijah has already, he has already heard the voice of God. He believes what he's read, what he's heard. He has already heard the sound. Now he is going to keep praying until something happens. That servant comes back after seven times. He says, Elijah, he says, I see something, but it's only about the size of a man's hand. It's a little cloud that's coming up out of that sea. Elijah says, uh-oh. He says, you better get ready because there is going to be an outpouring. One little cloud... That's why there's a mustard seed in every one of my Bibles. Every one of them. You know why? Because every time that I am teaching, every time I am preaching, all I am doing is sowing seed. That's all I am doing. That's it. I'm sowing seed. And it's up to God and you. You don't know. You... What can a mustard seed of faith do in your life? What does it have the potential of doing? He says, I see a cloud, but it's, it's insignificant. There's nothing to it. <laughs> Elijah said, well, you better get ready because something is about ready to happen. He says, Ahab, you better get going and you better be on your way before the rain stops you. Hasn't rained three and a half years. Elijah says, man, I'm telling you, you better get with it. You better get with it because there was a report that there is a cloud out there. See, that's, that's nothing. Oh, man, that's, that's nothing. I could start calling some names out this morning. Oh, you are, you are, you are a cloud that has risen from the sea. You are, you are that cloud that is fixing to explode. You see, Elijah's job was to believe it and to pray for it. But he had to wait for a good report. 
He had to wait for a good report. What report do you bring? You bring a... Are you one? Are you one of the two? Or are you one of the ten? Sister Lisa, are you one of the... Yeah, there's giants out there. But I want you to know that God is fixing to deliver us and He's going to bring those giants down. The report is, it's happening. That sea has given up a cloud. That cloud is getting ready to bust open. In the meanwhile, the Bible says that the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and the rain came. Ahab took off in his chariot. Listen carefully. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. The Bible says that he outran Ahab and his chariot and he got to town first. That is somewhere between 18 and 20 miles. Oh, you understand that when God is fixing to do something, he is going to do it with great speed and great power. And if we're not careful, we will not be able to keep up with what he is trying to do. We have to, listen church, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be out front. We've got to be running with this thing. We've got to believe this thing. We've got to be praying for this thing. We've got to have a good report. We got to be saying, hey, God is doing great things. You don't believe he's doing great things? You tell me the value of one soul. You tell me what happens when one soul repents and is baptized. You tell me why you're not rejoicing when the angels are rejoicing. You tell me the value of one soul. You tell me why the church does not absolutely get enthusiastic and excited about the idea that one more soul, there is one more cloud rising up from out of that sea and God is fixing to pour out His Spirit. As you stand... James goes on to say this. He says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. He says, Also, you need to be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Titus 2 and 13, Looking. For that blessed hope, listen carefully, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming in His glory. He's coming in His glory. Would you... Sister Alicia, can you get 1 
Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 and 18, if you could get that on there. How many of you want to be, a, how many of you want a blessing? How about how many of you want to be a blessing? You know how you're, you're going to be a blessing? Is that when God blesses you so much, when he pours so much of himself into you that you're overflowing and it pours out upon somebody else. That's how I don't want to, I want everything God's got for me. But more than that, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. Have you got it? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. I could put on my glasses and read the real version without technology, I suppose, but it's easier for you to follow with me if we can get it up there on the big board. Probably some of you could probably quote it. No? Can't get it? Oh, there we go. I would not have you be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. How many of you got loved ones that have passed on from this life, but they have went to the grave full of God? He says, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. 14, for if we believe, how many of you believe? How many of you believe Jesus died and rose again? Boom! He didn't just write. He, he showed up for a while, for about 40 days. Many as 500 at a time. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Ahab, it's going to rain. World, listen to the word of the Lord. That we which are alive. How many of you are alive today? Let me look. Oh, wait, some of you are questionable. Apparently your hand didn't go up. That we which are alive. Now, get this. This has never happened before. Never rained before. Nobody ever went to the grave and came out of it again. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a whisper. Do you understand what that means? That means that he is so absolutely excited and he can't wait for it to happen. That when it does happen, can you imagine the Lord God Almighty shouting? Now when he spoke to Lazarus, I don't know if he raised, how much he raised his voice. He said, Lee, Lazarus, come out of there. Bible says that when he shouts, whoa, what's going to happen? Somebody help me, huh? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The devil is going to, and the world, the, they got, they're going to have a big problem. 
When he shouts with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, I don't know how many graves are out there. I don't know how many ashes that are going to have to come back together. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, wait a minute. And what? Let it rain. Let it rain. Every time I see a cloud, it's a reminder to me of many things, right? But two things especially. That cloud represents that God's got a blessing and outpouring for me. And that cloud represents that one of these days I'm going to be caught up and I'm going to meet him in that cloud. See, I believe that. Comfort one of these, another with these words. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Jesus is coming. The rapture of the church is going to take place. The world is not prepared for that book of Revelation. What's my responsibility and your responsibility? My responsibility is to listen as a writer in Revelation. Listen to what the Spirit saith unto the church. You know what it's saying? Jesus is coming. I'm to pray. If you are here today and you need a blessing of God in your life, if you need a healing in your life, if whatever it is that you need, we believe in the power of the name of Jesus and the power of our prayers and your faith reaching out to God. If you're here today and you want, if you have a special need, if you'll come right down here to the front, we will pray with you that the Lord will minister to your need here today. If you're wounded...